Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. I just want to say thank you for watching on YouTube or if you're listening by uh, your computer or on your phone. Uh, again, just thank you for being a listener. Thank you for sharing the Grind It Podcast with your friends and your family, your coworkers, anybody that you know. Because when you share the Grind It Podcast, you are sharing an opportunity for people to get to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And if they already know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to, to, to be more intimate with Jesus and to be able to get to know Jesus in a, in a, a closer and a much better way. Uh, we just finished the book of John, and today we're going to jump into the book of Acts. The book of Acts is probably uh, my favorite um, letter in the whole uh, New Testament or in the Bible. Uh, the book of Acts is called the Acts of the Apostles, but really... What it should be called is the acts of the Holy Spirit, because it is the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus had promised them way back in John 14, uh, that when he died on the cross and was resurrected and sends back to the Father, that he was going to send them a promise. And that promise would be a helper or a paraclete or comforter, and that is the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit actually falls on them. In Acts chapter 2, and that's when the church really gets to taking off and really gets to going. But we see the works of the apostles, but what it what it really is is the acts of the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. Just like we have the same Holy Spirit that they had, and He can do the same marvelous works through us if we allow him to if we let him work in our lives and 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 that's what we're going to see here in the book of acts and, and as we study this book of acts i just pray that you are challenged to to really get your hands dirty for the kingdom of god uh, the first big question that i want to tackle uh, is who is this theophilus because the author of the book of acts it talks about how he is writing to this person or whoever this or whatever this Theophilus is. And and I'm just going to make it real simple, real plain, real easy. And here it is. Nobody knows. We, we have some ideas of who or what this Theophilus is. And if you would like to Google that on your own, by all means do so. But I'm, I'm really not going to take up a whole lot of your time to try to give some explanations because nobody knows who Theophilus is. Um, so Google it, come up with whatever you think, and, and, and you know it really doesn't matter who Theophilus is. What really matters is the, the stuff that is written in this book. And it's just proof of the, the Holy Spirit working in the lives of these men and these women and, the, and how Jesus is exalted and, and His church just really takes off and and it's still going strong today you know people have tried to, to kill the church for two thousand years and and they still haven't been able to do it and every day you know we see over and over again in the book of acts how uh, the lord added to the church and, and we still see this even today two thousand years later people are still 
being saved. People are still putting Christ on in baptism. People are, are still being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that, that is so awesome. So we don't really know uh, who or what this the office is all about. Like I said, you can read about it, Google it, and, and, and there's some good ideas out there. But it really doesn't matter who Theophilus is. Um, but the second thing I want to uh, tackle is who is the author of uh, the book of Acts? And if you go read the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, you will see that it starts off the same exact way as the book of Acts does. It is written to this person or this Theophilus. And so it... If, if you compare Luke and you compare the book of Acts, especially the, the Greek that is used, the Koine Greek that is used, it's a very polished Greek. It's very well written Greek. And in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, Luke is described as a physician or a doctor, which would explain why if he is the author of these two books, why there's such polished Greek and you can compare his Greek to Paul's Greek, for example. And Paul's Greek is about like my English. It's it's very bad, and it and it's like chicken scratch, really. Uh, but but the the Koine Greek that is used in Luke and Acts is very similar, and it's very well written. It's very polished, uh, and so most people will say that Luke is. Uh, the author of the book of Luke and that he is the author of the book of Acts. Um, in the book of Acts, uh, around chapter 16, uh, Luke actually inserts himself into the narrative and he includes himself uh, with Paul's companions. And we know that he traveled with Paul and, and because uh, in Philippians, Philemon 1, 24, Paul refers to a man named Luke as one of my fellow workers. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, Paul says that everybody has deserted me, only Luke is with me. And so Luke then would have been with Paul to be able to write this stuff down firsthand. He, he says, I, I've seen it with my own eyes, and here, here's what we did. Here's where we traveled. This is... The people we've met, this is the people we've talked to, and, and so on and so forth. And we'll, you know, you'll see that as we get into uh, the book of Acts. Um, the early church was unanimous that Luke is the author of the book of Acts. Uh, the oldest uh, manuscript, the oldest Greek manuscript that contains uh, the ending of the Gospel of Luke, uh, it dates around about 200 A.D. It uses the subscription uh, for the the Gospel of Luke. It uses the heading, the gospel according to Luke. Uh, most of the ancient sources also shared the theory of the authorship of the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Uh, Arrhenius, Tertullian, Clement of Alexandria, Origen, and the Muratorian canon, they all regard Luke as the author of the book of Luke and the book of Acts. Now, even though Luke was a companion of Paul, and he did witness some things that happened to Paul. He was not an eyewitness to Jesus and the resurrection. Now, let me repeat that. Paul had a companion named Luke. Luke was writing stuff down that he did see. And what he did not see with his own eyes was 
the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When he wrote, when he penned his letter, the, the book of Luke, uh, that the, the gospel of Luke, he was going off of eyewitness accounts from the people that he talked to, and he would write down their accounts, and then he put it all together. And so the gospel then changed Luke's life, and he wrote about it. He, he wrote it all down so that we have those accounts today and because it changed his life and the holy spirit he gave his life to christ and the holy spirit filled him then he just engulfed himself if you will with the gospel of christ and he wanted to get involved in the church and help grow god's kingdom and that's why he wrote the book of acts and so he he's a and he is a first-hand witness to a lot of things, a lot of events that happen in the book of Acts. Now, like I said a while ago, around Acts chapter 16 is when he inserts himself into the narrative, and he's saying, we did this, and we went here, and we went there. And and like I, we'll see that uh, later on. Um, in Acts 16, 9 through 12, he says, and this is just an example. He says, that night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so verse 10 in Acts chapter 16, Luke says, So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace. And the next day we landed at Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, and we stayed there several days. So you can see how how much detail Luke is giving and he's able to do so because he is there he is a, a part of it and he's, he's and he's saying look we we got on this boat and we went to this place and we traveled to this place and we, you know, we 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 us us and so he inserts himself into the narrative and he's saying this is what I've seen firsthand so we we know uh then that the book of Luke is the uh, Luke is the author of the book of Luke the gospel of Luke and with the Greek being very similar and very well polished and being written to Theophilus, whoever Theophilus is or whatever Theophilus is, uh, and then when he inserts himself and he gives all these details, then in Paul, two or three different times saying that he is a companion of mine. He's a fellow worker. He, he is, he's the only one that's here with me after everybody else has deserted me. And so we, we can say then uh, pretty pretty assuredly that Luke is the author of uh, the book of Acts. Uh, Luke mentions that after Jesus was resurrected, that Jesus hung around for 40 days and he made numerous appearances to, the, to, to his, the, the disciples. You remember he went around and handpicked 12 men. Now Judas uh, has died. He went out and hung himself after he betrayed Jesus and sold Jesus uh, for uh, the, the silver. And, and it, at the end of chapter 1, we'll see that there's going to be a replacement for uh, Judas' spot. So over a month's time, over a month's time, think about that. For 40 days, Jesus kept uh, showing up to his disciples and proving to them that he was alive. Because he knew, he, he understood that they did not get it. They, they, they did not understand that he was going to have to, even though he told them on numerous occasions, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to die, but I, I, I'm going to come back to life. I'm going to be resurrected. They, they, they didn't get it. Even when Jesus started appearing to them, it, it, it freaked them out. 
and, and, and understandably so. Um, and so for 40 days, he's going to prove to them that, that he is alive, just like he said he was. And, it, and it's time for, to, you know, to, to get his kingdom going. And, and so he gives them some instructions to follow in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. And, and, and it's very simple instructions. Here's what he says. He says, uh, once it's, uh, Luke writes, once he was eating with them. And there's something about food, man. It, 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 they sit around the campfire, remember, when, when at, at the end of John, and they're eating fish, and Jesus is having a conversation. And he kind of calls out Peter, do you love me? And he asks him three times. And so now here, here's another occasion where Jesus is eating with his disciples. Now, you know, they, they've seen Jesus die on the cross. And, and, and they've seen him time and time again uh, appearing to, to show that he is alive. Well, you know, dead people don't eat. Dead people don't get hungry. And so here's Jesus. He's alive and he's proven to them that he is alive because he's eating with them again. And so he commands them. He says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Remember when we studied that back in John 14. He says, I've told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Now, just like I said a while ago, dead people don't eat. And Jesus ate, was going to eat bread with the two guys that was walking on the road to Emmaus. And like I said, he ate fish with them at the campfire. Dead people don't talk either. They're, they're silent. They don't, they don't make noises. They don't do anything. And here's Jesus carrying on a conversation with them, and he's, he's going to give them these commands. And he says, uh, you're to wait. You wait for the promise of the Father, just like that I had told you before. Don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise that I have told you about, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And we'll pick up with that when we come back from break. My name is Dinah Grace Hawk, and I started a movement of empowerment. I focus on Revelation 12:11, which states that we will overcome, conquer, and defeat him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we will not love our own lives, even unto death. See, sharing testimony squashes pride. It empowers, it strengthens, it encourages, and it heals. This whole movement is focused on sharing our testimony, our walk with the Lord, how he's using us in this life to empower others to do the same. By doing this, we will overcome anything that this world can throw at us because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Every week from now till the end of the year, I'll be highlighting a different woman in the ministry and they're going to share their testimony. Tune in every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, either on Facebook or Instagram at Dinah Grace Hawk, and you get to be a part of this movement too. I'll see you there. Can you imagine what it was like to be one of those 11 men that Jesus had handpicked and you, you have sat and listened to Jesus' teachings? You saw these miracles that he, that he did, to, all the good stuff, the compassion that he showed, the love that he's shown to, to all these people and to you. And all of a sudden, after three years, you, you see him just let the Roman authorities have their way with him and these re religious leaders uh, manipulate the system and have him crucified and, and you, you watch him go through this horrible horrific death and he's hanging on the cross for six hours and then and then you see Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus take him down from the cross and, and you see him put him in this tomb and you know you're freaked out 
three days later, he, he starts popping in, in, you know, well, even before that, Mary goes to the tomb, the tomb's empty. She's talking to angels, don't even realize it. She runs back, tells the others that, that his body's gone. And so Peter and John take off to the tomb. They get there and they, they look inside and they believe her message. They believe what Mary said. Yep, the body's, the body's gone. Nobody knows where he's at. You know, what's going on here? They're freaked out. And, and so they go back, and they're, they're all in this room. They're locked together, and the next thing you know, Jesus appears in the room later on that day. And for 40 days, this happens. And, you know, they're out there minding their own business. They're out on the boat, and they're fishing, and, you know, they're, they're trying to get their mind off things, trying to, you know, kind of get back to some normalcy. And there's some guy yelling at them from the shore, and he's got fish cooking on the fire, and, he, and, and they realize it's Jesus. When, they, when Jesus tells them to, to cast their net on the other side of the boat, and they caught so many fish that, you know, they couldn't haul it into the, into the boat. And, and so they rush back, and they, they had this conversation with Jesus. And stuff like this goes on for 40 years days now they, they spent three to three and a half years with him they, they became real close to jesus and 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 here he is and he says look I, i'm about to go back to my father my time has come i, I, I got to go and so he's telling them that you know i'm, I'm going to leave you again uh but this time i'm going to send you a helper i'm going to send you a comforter that was what he told them in john 14 and they still don't get it they still don't understand here's what he told him in john 14 uh, beginning in verse 18 down through verse 29 he says i will not leave you as orphans i'm coming to you after a little while the world no longer is going to see me but uh, but you are going to see me because i live you also will live on that day you will know that i am in my father and you are in me and i in you the one who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, it's a different Judas. He says, Lord, what's happened that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And see, this is way before the death, burial, and the resurrection. And now we're looking, you know, after the resurrection. And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will follow my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. We will, my Father and myself. We're going to come to him, and we're going to live inside of him. The one who does not love me does not follow my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Listen to the message that Jesus is, is, is honing on here. He's, he's pounding into them. If you, if you love me, keep my word. Keep my word. And that, that's what the, he was pounding into them, that you've got to trust me and what I'm saying to you. Because he knew what was coming, and he knew they wasn't going to get it. He knew they wasn't going to understand. And, and, and so it's easy to see that when we look back. And so he says, these things I have spoken to you while remaining with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you all that I said to you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled nor fearful. You heard that I said to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. And they did not believe. They, they, it, they could not grasp this concept of the death, burial, and resurrection. And now here's the time. 40 days has come, and it's time for Jesus to ascend back to the Father, just like he had told them that it was going to happen. 
And so over this 40-day period, it's time for them to, just what Jesus said, it's time for them to believe. And you would think that they would all be on board and, and be ready for the Father's promise because uh, just like Jesus said it was going to happen because everything that Jesus said was going to happen has happened. And it, you would think they'd be fully on point and be fo- just focus on the Father's will. But however, when you read Acts chapter 1, you will see that they still do not get it. They're hanging out with Jesus on the Mount of Olives and and. They didn't realize what was about to happen, but Jesus is about to ascend up to heaven, and they're having this conversation with him. And, and, and the question that they want answered uh, is a question that, that Luke says they keep asking over and over and over again. He says in Acts 1 6, So when the apostles were with Jesus, I mean, this is like every time they met, it seems like, because they asked the same question over and over every time they were around Jesus. Luke says they keep asking him, Lord, has a time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? These 11 men still did not understand what is going on. They think, and really these 11 men are speaking for the whole nation of Israel, for the Jews. And this was a major, major issue for the people, including the religious leaders. And this, they just did not really get Jesus. They did really did not understand his mission and his kingdom. That the kingdom was not of this world. He they were expecting this mighty warrior to lead them from this Roman oppression. And Jesus was not like that. He he was totally different. His kingdom was not of this world. And his kingdom, it's a heavenly kingdom. Uh, and you can, when you look at the Old Testament and you study the Jewish history and you study the Messianic prophecies, you can kind of see where they're coming from. Uh, the Jews, they were God's chosen people in the Old Testament. Uh, they kind of felt entitled because they were God's favorite. Really? In Deuteronomy uh, 14, verse 2, God says, You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and He has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be His own special treasure. In Zechariah 2, verse 8, Israel is called the apple of God's eye. In Psalm 135, 4, the psalmist writes, For the Lord has chosen Jacob for Himself, Israel for His own special treasure. When Jesus told the Jews that the truth would set them free in John chapter 8, they, they replied, What do you mean set us free? We are children of Abraham. And Abraham was the father of the Hebrew people. He is, he is the father of the Jews. And they said, What do you mean? We, we've never, we're children of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anybody because we're entitled. We are God's chosen people. Um. And, and they were kind of right. Um, but now here they are, they're under Roman rule. And, and the two, they did not jive together. And, it's, and, it, and it, it eventually will come to a head because there's a Jewish revolt in, against Rome in A.D. 66 through 70. In A.D. 70, the destruction of Jerusalem takes place, and that's when the temple was destroyed, just as Jesus has said it would be in Luke 21. The Jews, along with the religious leaders, they, they had this idea, like I said a while ago, that when the Messiah came, he was going to be this great 
military leader and that he was going to lead them out of this Roman oppression and that he would restore power back to Israel, just like they were in power in the Old Testament. I mean, Israel was it in the, in the Old Testament uh, in, 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 until they disobeyed God. And, and, let, and God let Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army come in and wipe them off the face of the earth and, and took the ones that he didn't kill uh, back to, into captivity. Um, but they, if you, like I said, when you study the prophets of the Old Testament and you study the Jewish history, you can kind of see where they're coming from because uh, the Old Testament said that the Messiah would be coming from the lineage of David, who was their greatest king, that he would sit on the throne of David. Uh, and so they were expecting this guy to be in this, pre, you know, this royal garb and, and, and garments, and he, he would sit on, literally sit on the throne of, of David. Uh, and, you know, Jesus shows up on a scene, uh, a, a baby, and he, you know, was laid in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. He, 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 as he grew older, he, he was, you know, nothing uh, to behold, really. He was just a normal kid. People looked at his mom as a, an adulterer because she was betrothed to be married to Joseph, and she's pregnant out of wedlock, even though that that pregnancy came from God. It's, it's, it's a miracle from God, but they don't see it that way because they, they just couldn't grasp the concept. They just see a pregnant woman, an, an unmarried woman, and she's having this baby boy. So they think Jesus is uh, 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 born out of wedlock. Um, and so they, they, they just, they could not grasp Jesus. He grows up and to be looking ordinary. He's not wearing priestly garments. He's not wearing, uh, he's not wearing king's garments he, he he's not holding a scepter or anything like that he's he's not literally sitting on the throne of david in fact he didn't even have a house he he was like a a, a homeless person he was a nomad he wanted he, he he wandered around he traveled around with with those with those guys and for three years he even said i don't even have a place to, to the son of man does not have a place to lay his head he was just an ordinary everyday average dude and it just blew the minds of the people, and it blew the minds of the religious leaders. And at one point, when Jesus fed the, the five thousand, and they chased him around everywhere he went, and they tried to make him a king, and Jesus knew what they were doing, and and, and he says, "You just don't, you don't understand." And when he told them back in uh, John six that you have to drink my blood and eat my flesh. You know, we knew what he was talking about because we do it every Lord's Day when we take the Lord's Supper at our church. But uh, they thought that he was literally meant his flesh and drinking his blood. And, and John six sixty six says that uh, many of the followers turned and didn't follow him anymore. Uh, but they just they they had their preconceived ideas and their preconceived ideas were all wrong, and they they could not get their minds away from their preconceived ideas and we we have the same problem today you know we have not maybe with jesus but we we have preconceived ideas you ever talk to somebody on the phone and you kind of try to imagine what they look like and then and and, and when you meet that person they're nothing at all what you thought that they would look like well that's kind of the same concept that's going on here they had their preconceived ideas and and they wanted to be top dog. They they wanted the power to. They, you know they were sick of these Romans. They 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 didn't want to be under Roman rule. 
They wanted to be in power, and they wanted to rule and, and to reign. And so they, that's what the disciples kept asking Jesus. When are you going to restore, or when is the Father going to restore the power back to us? Because we want to be top dog. So Jesus gives them uh, the commandment, and he says, here's what you got to do. You don't worry about who's going to get the power when they get the power and and you just worry about this you worry about my father's promise you worry about the holy spirit coming up coming upon you and when he comes upon you you're going to receive this power and you're going to be my witnesses under in jerusalem first and and then judea and then samaria and then to the other most parts of the earth and and that message is has gone the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ that message has gone all around the globe for 2,000 years, and, and a lot of people have heard the message and rejected it, but a lot of people have heard the message and received it, and it changed their life for the better. And and as soon as Jesus got through giving these guys this instruction, this command, he starts ascending into heaven, and, and, and they're just looking. Can you imagine being there with when this took place? I mean, they've seen all these miracles that Jesus has done, and Jesus had told them that this is going to happen. The death, burial, and the resurrection is going to happen. And it happened. And he said, I'm going to go back to my father. And he's going to send you this, this uh, comforter, this promise. And that's what we read a while ago out of John 14. And and, and now all of a sudden, he, he just they've never seen anything like this before. This guy just starts floating in the air. And, and they're watching and they're watching. And then he disappears into the clouds and, and, and they're straining. They can still just see it. You're watching an airplane take off from the airport and you watch it as it goes up into the sky until it disappears. But as it gets further away from you, it just becomes a little speck and then it'll disappear all of a sudden. And, and so that, that's what they're, they're watching Jesus fly away, literally float away. And he becomes a little speck until he's gone. And they don't even notice there's two angels standing next to them and they say you men of galilee why are you staring up into the clouds why are you looking into the sky this same jesus he's going to that's taken from you into heaven he says but someday he's going to return from heaven in the same way you saw him go now go do what he told you to do you know go worry about the promise and and, and luke even gives the names of the guys who were present peter john james andrew philip thomas bartholomew matthew james the son of Alphaeus, simon the zealot judas the son of james it says they were all they all met together and they were constantly united in prayer along with Mary the mother of Jesus several of other women and the brothers of Jesus and if you remember when we studied the book of John it was the brothers of Jesus his half brothers who did not believe that he was the Messiah and they they issued that challenge to him instead of you doing these miracles here in secret go out there and show show what you can do in in, in the public and so at some point. Maybe it was that the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. I don't know, but at some point, his brothers believed. And then Luke talks about it at the end of Acts chapter 1, how it's time to replace Judas. Uh, and he says in verse 21 and 22, he says, So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. And so when somebody says today that they are an apostle, you'll see it all the time, with, especially with these TV preachers, they'll say apostle so-and-so. They are not an apostle. They need to be calling themselves something else. 
but they are definitely not an apostle. There is not an apostle alive today because there's qualifications that have to be met to be an apostle. And we're this is the year 2021. So we're 2021 years, or at least, uh, since Jesus ascended back into heaven. And there's not a person alive today that meets these qualifications. They had to be with Jesus the whole entire time that they were traveling with Jesus, the twelve. And they had to uh, see Jesus baptized by John the baptizer and the time that he left the Mount of Olives and ascended to heaven. And beloved, there is nobody here on this earth today that witnessed those things. So if somebody says they're an apostle, run because they're lying. They are not an apostle. But there were two men that met the qualifications. Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice and Matthias. And so they pray and they ask God to choose. And they say, Oh Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry. For he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. And then they cast lots and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. Now, does that mean Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, is any lesser of a person? No. But it means that God chose Matthias to replace Judas. And, jo and, and, and Joseph called Barsabbas can do the same thing. He can go and, and preach Jesus and teach Jesus and, and tell others about Jesus and spread the message and grow the kingdom just as much as these others. But God had chosen Matthias to replace Judas. And at this point, their whole world is going to completely change. Because in the very next chapter, in Acts chapter 2... We see the promise that Jesus had told them about, that it was coming, and, and that they are to wait for. And they did exactly what Jesus told them to do. And, and here's how I want to leave this podcast today. If we follow the commands, I mean, it, it's hard to wait. We don't want to wait. But if we wait on God and we do what God says to do, we will receive the promises of the Father. Now, if we try to do things on our own, imagine what these men would have done if they would have tried to do things on their own way. It would have never worked. It would have failed. But they didn't. They listened to Jesus. They did exactly what Jesus said to do. They waited. And then the Holy Spirit in the next chapter falls on them. And, and, and the church takes off like wildfire. And we're going to see that. And I'm so excited to share uh, in the book of Acts with you. And uh, I, I love this book. And you'll see that as we as we study. I love to see the Holy Spirit working in these men and these women's lives. And I love to hear the stories that you share with me uh, of how the Holy Spirit works in your lives and, and how He blesses people through you. Uh, and I'd love to hear your stories. If you want to email them to me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com, I'd love to, to hear from you. I do hear from uh, some sometimes, and, and, and people have encouraged me about the podcast and, and tell me how much they enjoy them and, and and god bless you and thank you for doing so and i will see you next time god bless thank you for listening to the grind it podcast today you can send any questions or comments to grind it podcast at gmail.com please join us next time and when a challenge comes your way just all grind my, it been grinding all my life sacrifice hustle pay the price Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, look, all my life.